Hi, welcome to Beyond the Red Bricks, the I Am Ahmedabad alumni podcast series. We are your hosts, Aditya Das and Abhishek Ekani, PGPX class of 21. And with us today, we have someone who took a rather different route. Someone who took his passion and turned it into his whole life. Are you a gamer? Are you interested in casual games, professional games, or merely see games as a way to relax and unwind? This one might just be for you. We have with us uh, Naveen Rajendran, the founder and CEO of Gaming Easy, and also a PGPix alum, class of 2011. Uh, Naveen, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on board. And we hope uh, we have a great show ahead for the guys. All right. Thanks for inviting me, guys. Right. So uh, I think we can get started with the basics. Uh, can you give us a quick introduction uh, of you, your company, and we'll take it from there? All right. So, uh, yeah, my name is Naveen. I am an engineer by profession. I did my uh, engineering from Bangalore Institute of Technology back in 97. And for the first few years of my career, it's been the same old uh, IT industry kind of thing, working in different roles, developer, project manager, etc. But uh, at some point, the passion that I've always had for gaming took center stage and I thought I should start something that uh, brings world-class gaming to India in a way that's accessible and affordable. So with that in mind, I started a company and uh, that happened with some amount of uh, impetus and push from a program that I did at IIM Ahmedabad and that's PGPX. So that gave me the necessary confidence to get started. So uh, Gaming Easy Entertainment was founded with that objective to bring those kind of wonderful gaming experiences to India. And that's something that I've seen in many countries um, in all the places that I've lived and worked. And we found that lacking here. So there was some kind of a gap that we thought we would uh, uh, address. So me and a friend of mine who also been uh, gamers and we've actually played games together. We've exchanged pirated game this, et cetera, for a while, uh, you know, during this uh, school days. And we kind of uh, had that uh, uh, push to really create something amazing. So Gaming Easy came about uh, in 2011. So as part of that company, uh, I uh, mainly take care of uh, responsibilities like the business development, strategic initiatives, uh, negotiating contracts, and then you know, relationship building, et cetera. We have a young team and we've been at this for about 10 years now. And uh, it's grown into something uh, very interesting but there's a long way to go. Okay. Uh, thanks, Navina. Thanks a lot for uh, sharing that information. It sounds really interesting. So uh, just a quick uh, follow-up on that question. Uh, we just wanted to understand, uh, since it's a pretty niche industry, right? Uh, how, since you, you are interested over there, so that's uh, one thing that got you over there. But what was the bigger trigger uh, that pushed you to find Gaming Easy and leave a more traditional career path? So just wanted to understand your motivation yeah. uh, for starting the company. Sure. So uh, there, there was some um, uh, initial thought when I got into the PGPX program that yes, I wanted to kind of use this 
knowledge and use this network to be able to get started on something like my own business. So it is something that was uh, on my mind from the get go. And uh, it's one of the few people who adopted out of placements right from, I think, day one. So there was that uh, initial introduction of the team and people were asking about what they wanted to do. But in terms of what the venture was going to be, that came through during the program when I got to know how there were some new developments in the gaming industry that cater to the casual gaming audiences. And that was a segment I really wanted to kind of tap into because it's not about the core gamers. There are a lot of people who are not really aware of how wonderful gaming can be and how it can actually bring people together. So uh, there was this uh, uh, introduction of something called the PlayStation Move by Sony. And there was something called Xbox, Microsoft, uh, you know, uh, the Xbox Kinect the sensor-based gaming system. And those were kind of very interesting for me. And we started exploring. I spoke to my friend at the time and we started thinking about how we could do something very interesting with this uh, space. And especially because as uh, uh, a person who used to organize, conduct events and coordinate programs for my teams, well, I was an IT guy and to kind of make sure that people have something to have fun in the workplace, to de-stress, to unwind, to bond, to have those icebreaker sessions. So this seemed like an interesting proposition to help me in that. So I just connected the dots and say, hey, this could be something I could use to create a B2B kind of a venture. So that was a trigger point. We started exploring a little and there's some interesting uh, research that I did and I ended up spending quite a bit of time trying to figure that out and uh, uh, something had to give and that was my academics to some extent. Uh, thanks, Naveen. I think it was quite, uh, uh, you know, fortuitous that you mentioned the casual gaming aspect of it, because we were kind of wondering about the social aspect of gaming, right? I mean, like, that's one of the things that gets people together. And, uh, you know, when you think about the social aspect of gaming, most of us might go back to the LAN parties we had in dorms where endless amounts of Counter-Strike one after the other till like three in the morning. Uh, right. And now there's a very competitive edge to it. Somehow esports are getting like recognized League of Legends and, uh, you know, Fortnite are having multi-million dollar prize monies and kids going on. So where exactly, uh, like when you say casual gamer, when you say uh, something like a Kinect or a PS Move, uh, exactly like what kind of people are you targeting here? Are these uh, friends and family who just want to hang out for a bit or, you know, people just want to blow up some steam? So what is casual gaming uh, as per your definition exactly? Uh, drilling down a bit there. Sure, sure. See, when I talk about casual gaming, it's talking about gaming just to kind of relax, unwind, bond. It doesn't have to be competitive. It could be if you really want to make it uh, you know, a little more exciting, but it's more to really uh, have fun. And you're talking about avenues for relaxation, avenues for entertainment. And in India, it's still an underserved market. Now, I've been a strong believer in that. And the kind of things that typically do are uh, watch movies. And of course, you have your OTT platforms these days. But back in the day, it was just about watching movies or going to an arcade. And you have some bowling art, you know, uh, places perhaps. But uh, or dining, food is always great. So food is great entertainment. Uh, if there's nothing else, hang out with friends. But most important element in all of these is it's better when you do it with somebody else. Right, you have friends, you have family, you have someone to kind of socialize with. You have, you know, uh, a good time doing it. So that kind of audience we want to tap into, 
And when we went, we were exploring this option, we said, hey, uh, it could be something that uh, you don't really need to know how to game. Because that's another thing about being a gamer. You, you have this notion of a person sitting with a microphone and a headset, you have a keyboard and a mouse and a glue to the you know, uh, laptop screen or your uh, monitors. Because those are kind of core gamers, PC gamers. We want to kind of break that and say, even if you're not really a gamer, you don't consider yourself a gamer, we want you to have a good time with the technology. And this particular thing gave us a lot of uh, wonderful opportunities because all you have to do is know how to move your hands, move your legs, and you know, kind of just uh, do certain things that you would do normally in terms of you know, playing a game. And uh, this technology was so responsive. So I thought that maybe it's a great opportunity to uh, you know, uh, do this in a more structured and professional manner. So casual gaming, it actually brings in all these kind of families. It could be youngsters, it could be couples. We have a lot of girls who come and play. We have a lot of couples who play with us. There are elderly folks who come and play. And there's families, dad, mom who play. There are dance kind of games, there are sports simulations. And of course, you have your typical race kind of games as well. So it's just something that kind of brings everything together in a nice, warm, inviting ambience. And that's something that we were hoping to do with Gaminesia. So when we started, yes, casual gaming, it was something we wanted to cater to that audience, the B2B or the corporate segment, because we felt that there's a severe need for that to really de-stress and mind because it gets really stressful in the workplace. And also the fact that you don't really interact with people on a very casual basis unless it's work related and that's not always fun. And we have to have all these fun sessions that you know kind of do that uh, job for us and kind of break the ice, kind of really create that bonhomie among uh, you know people. So that kind of thing we want to uh, tap into because I felt that need when I was organizing activities. I was in uh, uh, those kind of roles where I would coordinate activities. I would be responsible to bring some fun sessions. So it kind of uh, became easier for me to connect those dots. But later on, I realized, okay, there's a huge segment of people who you know go beyond your corporates. And that's where all these casual audiences, uh, people who just want to have fun in the mall, just hang out with friends. There's so many different kind of people who are really not gamers, but still want to have a good time and are okay with technology to a certain extent or willing to try. So that's why mobile phones are doing so great. All you have to do is you know, start an app and start gaming. So that's, that's one very, very casual element. But in terms of the technology, I wanted to do something that has everybody interacting with each other. So this gave us that wonderful opportunity and we took that up. Oh, that sounds wonderful, uh, especially when you say that uh, you're kind of going beyond the the core stereotype of saying that people who are into games are a bit of uh, the younger folk. But if you have yeah. like older people coming in, uh, that just sounds wonderful, actually. <laughs> yeah, no, it it has to be seen to be believed, and those kind of uh, visuals kind of keep us going. We've had cases where dads played with his son, and then he's got that spark in his eye, and then he says, "Wow, that was great." I did not expect to have so much fun. And there are people who kind of let their inner kids out and they start squealing with delight. And there are kids who actually, you know, the real kids, and they start looking around and say, wow, where did this adult uh, come from? And uh, why is he acting like a kid? But not, not to say that that's a bad thing, that's great. We want to have the kids in all the adults come out and it becomes natural when you have a good place to kind of let that inhibition go. Oh, that sounds absolutely wonderful. Uh, so I think, Naveen, uh, moving on from there, 
uh, the last year that went by uh, was kind of strange in many ways because i think uh, one could say that because people were staying a lot more at homes uh, there was one of the things that kind of kept a lot of people going were multiplayer games uh, so to speak because you know to get rid of the boredom that they had all to socialize in a way because we were all just sitting inside our homes uh, for a long time uh, yeah. a reasonably long time at some point uh, so uh, uh, you know covid would have been hard on some aspects of your business model but uh, gaming did see a major uptick because of isolation so how do you see the year that has gone by and uh, kind of how do you see the future of uh, you your company and gaming in india as such because we're not a traditionally a large market yeah uh, that's true so how do you kind of see uh game easy kind of contributing a bit there sure so first let me talk about the year gone by and the irony of it all that gaming did so well and we being in the industry took a really really hard hit because we are more of a physical kind of an entity so it's all about connecting people in a place and bringing them together in a comfortable ambience so uh yes fnb entertainment movie theaters these were the ones that were hardest hit and uh, yeah we kind of fall in that entertainment uh, sector uh, where physical spaces were restricted access wasn't there and uh, we we've lost a lot but we also gained a lot of insights into okay how this industry and how the dynamics are changing and it also uh, brought to focus the fact that yes technology can bring people together have fun play games you don't really have to be in the physical space but you can still interact so a lot more people got into that multiplayer gaming yes guys girls and you have uh, families uh, interfacing interacting then you have people uh, uh, playing games on zoom so quite a few interesting uh, developments there and that's not going to go away because that's something that you've got a taste for now and people say hmm this could be something that's here to stay so uh, as far as gaming is concerned yes we were in a very bad place towards the end of last year we kind of lost most of our money we had to close down our stores but uh, something in us said no it's not the end there, there's still something we could do this this potential and uh, in the lockdown period we kind of tried to uh, work on some of the projects that were on the back burner for a long time focused on because we got so involved with our operations our event a brand promotion etc so we kind of uh, worked on that weakness of ours and tried to build something a little more robust and we've done a fairly good job building a website that kind of showcases who we are and also builds in a lot of e-commerce features and functionalities that's hopefully going to serve us well because that's going to be built is built like a marketplace we will want to bring in all kinds of gaming partners vendors and have their uh, products and services showcased on our platform and hopefully we can connect to a larger audience from wherever we are so we are incidentally bangalore based but we have seen inquiries and orders coming in for some of our rental products our uh, you know a game discs etc from different uh, states tamil nadu kerala just to name a few so that's one area we want to focus on and uh, yeah in terms of building the team it's going to take a while because after a long hiatus we took that plunge and got something uh, started so it's a small recreation center we started in another part of bangalore and that took up most of my reserves and uh, cash and we've taken some loans to get some things going so we still need to get out of the water on that aspect but in terms of the opportunities that we saw during those uh, downturn uh, periods we are going to kind of hopefully capitalize on 
And this year we want to uh, raise some funds to kind of uh, take that to another level in terms of having those uh, centers, yes, for one, or e-commerce operations you want to kind of build on. And uh, interestingly, there are some interesting product ideas that also have come through in terms of augmented reality and then uh, virtual uh, interaction games, platforms. So we are hoping to explore that uh, in the uh, coming months and the coming years. Uh, thanks, Naveen. Uh, just a quick follow-up over there. Uh, we also just wanted to understand uh, what your take on gaming is uh, for the future uh, in India and even ar around the world, if you have uh, any take on that. Yeah, sure. Uh, see, as an industry, yes, there were different aspects and different genres of gaming that have always been around. And uh, yeah, with the advent of you know, newer technology, you are seeing more immersive games and more interesting platforms that are coming to life. Mobile gaming has taken center stage and uh, thanks to the pandemic, a lot more people on to these kind of games. You have multiplayer games, casual, hardcore, and people are seeing that they're willing to spend that kind of money and uh, time, mostly time, uh, money less in the Indian context, but from a global perspective, yes, that's something that even the, um, brands, the big brands have taken uh, uh, notice. So they're kind of sponsoring bigger activities, bigger tournaments. And I think Aditya was mentioning the fact that you have million dollar prices. And that is for a good reason, because the, the dynamics have changed. And that's here to stay, grow. And in terms of platforms, there are quite a few interesting things, especially in the uh, space of uh, XR. So you have augmented reality, interaction games, then uh, virtual conferences, so all of those things kind of have an underlying gaming tech as the common uh, denominator. So that's something that will be built on and new kind of uh, experiences, games, interaction media, all those things will kind of uh, be developed in the coming years. So we hope to be part of that and uh, you know, not just as a center, but as someone who's able to make in India and create some really interesting products and services that can serve hopefully the world. Yeah, thanks, Naveen, and, and all the best with all of that. Hopefully, you accomplish all of those. Thank you so, so much. Uh, we probably uh, slightly transition over here, uh, maybe just to your time of doing your MBA and uh, your experiences with the PGPX program at AM Ahmedabad. So, uh, first, we wanted to understand you had some work ex before you came in for your MBA. So, wanted to understand your motivation for one doing the MBA, and uh, why did you decide to pursue the PGPX program at IMA? Okay. Uh, see, the pursuit of happiness, the pursuit of MBA, for me, they go hand in hand. There was something that uh, I did uh, in terms of a pursuit of an MBA for all the wrong reasons in my initial years. So even after I uh, graduated uh, from my engineering course, just one or two years later, I started thinking about, yes, I need to do my CAT. I need to get into an IM to you know, further my career prospects. And that was basically a naive uh, kind of an approach, but that is something that kind of kept me going. And uh, it was something that was in me to say, yes, it has to be from one of the premier institutes or not at all. So I kept applying to only the IMs and kept getting rejected. So uh, later on, yes, the, the GMAT was an opportunity for me to kind of explore more than just a premier school in India. So I started applying to foreign schools and uh, got shortlisted and got rejected multiple times. 
But that was always the case in terms of when you're doing a program, do it from a premier institute, first for the brand value and for the kind of strong network that brings in. Because the kind of quality of the profiles is something that uh, obviously would lend value if you're willing to know what to take away from it. And that was something that kind of, uh, uh, I was trying to focus on, make sure that yes, my takeaways are not gonna be just the academics. It's just gonna be uh, you know, the kind of insights I would glean from let's say the professors or the classes, but it's also gonna be from the network and uh, the kind of alumni, yes, if you could tap into that and get their thoughts on certain uh, aspects of either running a business or even a perspective on how society functions. So these were things that I kind of uh, enjoyed when I got into the PGPX. And why PGPX? Yes, of course, it's a premier uh, institute. And that was one of the few programs that gave me these things that I was talking about, where the alumni network is strong, the kind of profiles are very rich, the, the academics were fantastic. Yes, I've heard about the rigor, but yes, it was the kind of program that would give me value. And uh, yes, it was a premium to be paid, you know, take a student loan and get that done. But it was something I considered worthwhile pursuing. And I, with God's grace, managed to get that done. Yeah, thanks, Naveen. Yeah, I think the rigor is still there. We probably spending a lot of sleepless nights, sleepless nights right now, <laughs> even in our last semester. So yeah. I think the rigor comes and goes. And as I was just telling Naveen before this podcast started, we were running a bit late from previous class, so yeah, <laughs> just fitting uh, things in. Um, but it's it's it, it's been a great trip. You know, uh, I think the one. You know, I just one take one yeah, minute. Yeah. You know, I, I'd like you guys to kind of read up on uh, one of the blog posts that uh, written. And it, it, it's a funny take on the rigor and kind of how it kind of grounds you literally and otherwise and humbles you. And uh, you no matter how smart you think you are, there's always going to be a smarter person than you. And when you have a whole class full of them, there's something that happens to you. And it's not a good thing. So, uh, okay, in retrospect, it's, it's great, but uh, it's such a funny take on it. You should, you guys should uh, check it out at some point. We'll do, Naveen, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think we'll appreciate a lot, it a lot uh, a couple of months down the line when we actually leave. <laughs> and then yes. we'll go all rosy-eyed uh, and looking at back at the, the time we had here. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's been great. So I think uh, moving a bit uh, more into the PGPX uh, that uh, you had, your PGPX, so to speak, you know, we all have a version of the MBA journey. Uh, yeah. So can you kind of just give us an overview of your time at IMA and what were your favorite subjects that we had here? You know, what were the ones oh, that made you go? <laughs> no, I honestly can't remember the, the subjects, but I can remember the, uh, you know, vague topics, right? So yeah. I, I was very much into uh, people interaction, people management, and in terms of, because at the end of, you know, it, no matter what business you run or what, what to career you're in, it's all about the people at the end and how you interact with people, the dynamics that are involved. So there were certain courses in the first uh, couple of semesters that kind of really were uh, interesting to me. The academics part, yes, the finance, the accounting, and uh, you know, there are certain aspects of strategy. So those are lovely you know, buzzwords, but there were a few takeaways from some of those courses. And for me, it was all very selective because uh, I had, you know, had that mindset when I went into the program so it's just going to be me and all the knowledge and all the networking that I could do. But I'm going to be having constraints. There's going to be only limited time and I have limited faculty. And I realized how limited I was uh, based on the kind of amazing stalwarts and the profiles that were uh, you know, uh, out there among my classmates. 
but there was a lot of things that I wanted to learn, take away. So I was more of an observer. I would hardly speak much, but I would be recording internally. So that that is something that kind of really uh, energized me, kept me going. The grind, yes, was always there, but I came to terms with it and made sure that, yes, it is not going to get in the way of me learning or taking away what I wanted to. So I was very selective in that aspect. In terms of uh, interactions, yes, the professor's interaction was phenomenal. I mean, that goes without saying. Of course, there were, there were folks who would... Uh, you know, make us wonder, oh God, is it is this really something I wanted to do? But of course, there are those uh, in every uh, uh, program. But in terms of other aspects, the social aspects, the tea night, that was a fantastic period. That's something that I believe everybody has as a wonderful moment because we were kind of very, very closely involved with that. So I was involved in creating the logo and we had people who kind of brought that to life and the colors and the, the branding, et cetera. So that, that was phenomenal uh, exercise. And in terms of my uh, um, uh, selfish motives, in terms of uh, entrepreneurship and learning certain things that I would uh, want to use, or I felt I would use in my uh, career or as my, uh, in my journey as an entrepreneur. So I had taken certain uh, electives that were more entrepreneurship uh, related. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed those. And uh, may, maybe some of my classmates would have seen I was more vocal in those than the others. So that's something that kind of uh, uh, energized me. And overall, it was something that's not a distant memory. It's 10 years now. I cannot imagine it's been 10 years, but it's been a phenomenal journey for me and a wonderful experience. Yes, thanks, uh, Naveen, for sharing that information again. Uh, just a quick question on the entrepreneurship aspect that you mentioned. I know initially you'd said that uh, you'd opted out of the placement process. So at that time, uh, just one had two further questions. One, uh, was there any support from the institute from an entrepreneurship point of view? Because right now we have the Mavericks program, which uh, sort of helps people who want to like opt out of the placement process and uh, explore the entrepreneurship avenue. And second, even from a long-term point of view, uh, how did the coursework help you since you have your own firm? and you've been running it for the last 10 years. So I just want to understand from a program point of view, how has that been helpful for you? Uh, I was heartened to know that there were programs available like the CIE and uh, Professor Akesh Besant was there and from the entrepreneurship perspective, uh, Professor Shailendra Mehta. So there were, there were a few uh, professors I would uh, reach out to. There was some brainstorming I did. Uh, in terms of yeah, ideating and getting these uh, thoughts uh, clarified. But in terms of the program per se, because my industry is so niche and my thoughts were not the typical product oriented uh, uh, venture or something that's more glamorous, I really didn't, uh, I was not able to, let me put it that way, tap into that CII's uh, uh, network. Because that, that's something that I, I felt if uh, maybe I could have uh, you know, or they were a little more open to considering a lot more than your agribusiness, your product-based business. It could have been of more help, but uh, that's not to take away anything because uh, I still managed to get some phenomenal uh, inputs from uh, folks out there. Okay, thanks. And uh, just a quick follow-up on that one. Uh... From just a coursework point of view, do you think, I know you said you've taken a couple of entrepreneurship courses. Did they help you from uh, from 
your career point of view long term when you were running your own firm see i think what these courses have done at least from a personal perspective is it makes you think it gives you a, a, a different dimension from which to approach a problem or a situation and uh, having been in the it industry for 12 uh, plus years before getting into this program so it was uh, very eye opening you know to say the least because that's something that you wouldn't really uh, normally know how to approach or how to actually uh, 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 tackle and the coursework and the way of thinking those were fantastic takeaways for me rather than the actual uh, of course the fundamentals were phenomenal that was something that uh, has always stayed with me because you got to be grounded in the fundamentals and know why you're running the business and what is really important the cash flows etc so those were phenomenal that was something that i have actually uh, uh, retained but in terms of if you ask me what the course names are unfortunately i do not remember but somewhere inside my uh, gray cells it's all kind of internally wired in and that helps because it becomes very intuitive when the need arises so that's something i believe uh, you know has definitely changed the way uh, i think i behave and i perform um thanks namin i think uh, that kind of plays the the thing right like i think uh, what you kind of saying is uh, something quite similar to what i believe a lot of our profs have been saying i think for the thread of the interview is that mm-hmm. most of the takeaways that you'll have from this place even though people come in thinking that we'll do strategy we'll do operations and stuff yeah. you learn to think on those dimensions and you can come back and solve problems on those but as you said uh, most people who have actually been here have also said that what you take away the most is your people skills and your your ob classes uh, <laughs> which kind of uh, have you in good stead years down the line and you know that's something that you probably would not have considered coming in um i think uh, navin uh, it's it's been a great session uh, it's it's been absolutely wonderful to have you here uh, oh, it's not often we get uh, people from niche industries like gaming which you know we really hope grows in india to actually come on to our podcast and actually just walk us through it it's it's been amazing uh, from the alumcom uh, and from ima community thank you so much for being on the on the podcast thanks navin my pleasure bye bye thank you so much